الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فاستقم كما امرت ومن تاب معك ولا تطغوا انه بما تعملون بصير وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قل امنت بالله ثم استقم او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters we previously discussed the importance of understanding that what is supposed to be our conduct and mindset with regards to the end of the year and the so called holiday period that follows turning to allah taala in istighfar repenting begging his forgiveness which we would surely be engaged in and be doing and to seek forgiveness for all the mistakes we may have made and just as a reminder or as a refresher of the things that we are supposed to have been careful about and try to check that did we slip in any of these things did we err in any of these things and specifically make istighfar make toba make amends in this regard for example the main issue is the aspect of the faraiz the obligations of deen so if we were lax in that then that is our primary duty that we should have been doing we were lax in it we have to definitely make toba istighfar make amends for that if somebody missed the salah they got to make qaza for it somebody made a haphazard salah deliberately you got to make toba istighfar on that kind of salah or we got involved in something that we shouldn't have been involved in somebody got caught up in the phone in some chat with a non mahram somebody got caught up in some other things listening to the things that we're not supposed to listen to so to make istighfar from that to beg allah taala's forgiveness likewise then in terms of our studies itself one of the main issues was the aspect of adab have we improved in our adab in terms of the quran sharif our adab in terms of the kitabs of deen and extremely important our adab for those who teach us our muallimas and all those who are involved in the process of us acquiring the knowledge of deen to have the full adab for all of them if we slipped up somewhere we erred this was shaitan's effort to try and derail us by means of lack of adab by means of bringing some element of disrespect in something in perhaps the way we said something to the muallima for example or how we responded and replied to something in a negative manner or maybe it could have been that we 
we're doing something in the presence of the Mu'allimah that we should have never done. Some people maybe sometimes have a habit, they want to eat something, because they eat in a class. While the lesson is on, sometimes they're hiding and eating. Now that is all against the etiquette of the class, etiquette of the teacher. So these are all things that we should be trying to look back into, trying to search within ourselves and make this muhasaba. This muhasaba, this taking an account of oneself, is a very, very important exercise. And we should be doing this regularly. We should be doing this regularly because this helps us to identify our weaknesses. It helps us to pinpoint our faults. And if a person doesn't make this muhasaba, doesn't take an account of oneself, then firstly one fails to see one, one's own weaknesses. Because now there is no critical analysis. One is not looking at oneself critically. One is not really taking an account, like a person who is taking an account now. You want to know that where did this money go? Or how was this spent? Or where was the change for this money? Or what was bought? Was this really required or not? A person taking an account goes through all those things like an audit. So to take an audit of ourselves, now when a person does this, then and, and does it sincerely, and does it honestly, one is somebody who wants to just appease themselves, just cover up their own faults. Now that's, they don't even have to take any account. You can just make a tawil, just wish it away with some interpretation. So then that muhasaba is not even necessary, because it's not going to serve any purpose if a person is not sincere, and honest about it. But, if a person is sincere, and is honestly taking an account of oneself, and in the Hadith Sharif, we have been told, Hasibu qabla an tuhasabu. Take an account of yourself, before your account is taken. The Qabr, our account is going to be taken. On the day of Qiyamat, our account is going to be taken. Those questions are going to be asked. So before that time comes, ask ourselves the question, how did you spend your day today? How did you perform your salah today? We ask ourselves these questions. Did you look at anything haram or you didn't? If you looked, why? Was this not wrong? Was this not something that earned the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala? So take an account of oneself. Ask these questions. How did you conduct yourself with your mu'allimas today? How did you fulfill the etiquette of the Qur'an Sharif, were you respectful to the Qur'an Sharif? How did you keep it on your desk? How did you handle your kitabs? Ask yourself, these are questions meaning each one to ask ourselves these questions. How did I do this? How did I do that? And when one will do this, undertake this exercise once a day for a minute or two also, for a little longer if we can, all the better. And if not daily, at least once a week. How did I spend this week? So if one does this, the first benefit will be that our own weaknesses will become clear in our own minds and hearts. We will be able to see clearly our own weaknesses. And the second benefit will come is, that when a person keeps seeing and realizing his weaknesses, somewhere the fikr and the concern will come that I can't carry on like this with all these blots on me, <coughs> with all these deficiencies in me, all these weaknesses in me, all these faults in me, I need to improve. I need to better myself. 
So how am I going to better myself? Should I take somebody's advice? Should I... Uh, what else can I do? So this will now motivate a person to move forward. So one is that a person will start becoming conscious of one's weaknesses, of one's mistakes, of one's faults, and that itself will spur a person on. Inshallah, if it doesn't happen in one day or two days or five days, the person is making muhasaba every day. But somewhere down the line, in two weeks, three weeks, is going to trigger some good reaction. It's going to put a person into motion in order to now start rectifying the problem. How, am I, how is my dressing? Am I dressing in the way that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with? The holiday came, the weekends came, after Madrasa hours, what kind of clothing do I adopt? What is my style of dressing? Are my garments getting tighter or looser? The questions to ask ourselves. And this is muhasaba about our dressing. Muhasaba about how we interact with people at home. Am I respectful to my parents? Do I talk to them in a respectful manner? Do I, when I'm upset about something, do I react in a disrespectful or a rude way? Or do I make sabr? Do I adopt tolerance and patience? When a person will constantly be making this muhasaba, then our faults will become very, very highlighted to us. We ourselves will see it as broad as daylight. And then inshallah, somewhere down the line, we will be spurred on to now start doing something about it and rectifying it, improving ourselves. So these are the two benefits that will come out of muhasaba. And obviously these are very great benefits. One is that when a person sees his faults and realizes his faults, that is also already one big step forward that a person is not in denial. You get some people, Allah forbid, they get caught up in certain harms, certain wrongs. Like somebody, Allah forbid, gets caught up in drugs. Now the person is in a state of denial. He says, no, I'm not an addict. So it's not a problem. Because I'm not an addict. Now what is the definition of an addict? Everybody got their own definition. And everybody makes a definition to suit themselves. The bottom line is, that there is no issue about whether a person is an addict or not. It's wrong. It's haram. But now the person wishes away the problem by saying, I'm not an addict. So, therefore, it's not, not something to get concerned about. It's just something passing time once in a while. Now, that happens to people who are on drugs. So, likewise, there are other things people are in denial about. Somebody has become a cell phone addict. But they are in denial. You know, I'm just... Just looking at some things now and then I play some game. I just uh, now and then just send some messages. Once in a while I just chat. But the reality is many have become addicted to it. And hours are wasted on it. Futile. Without any benefit of deen and dunya. One is if there was some benefit, some tangible benefit, some real benefit coming out of it. It could still be looked into. Though it's something as students we should be far away from, because it is a very dangerous thing. But if supposing there was somebody who was engaged in something on the phone which had some real benefit, then too it's something to be now re-looked at that how much of time is being spent and is that benefit really in, is it something worth the while for the time that is spent? 
But oh, the other is totally futile. Even if it's not haram. Even if it's something not haram, but it is futile. And in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Sallallahu says, That the beauty of a person's Islam is that he shuns futile things. Now this to every person will have some tawil. Shaitan will teach us some, some way to justify it. Because nafs and shaitan are the masters of justification. Nafs and shaitan are the masters of justification. Whether that justification makes sense or not is another issue. But they are at the forefront of justification. Shaitan was commanded to make sajda to Adam wasalam. He refused. And he immediately had a justification. خَلَقْتَنِي مِن نَارِيُ وَخَلَقْتَهُ مِن that how can I bow down to him? It shouldn't be that way. It should be the other way around. He should bow down to me. You created me from fire. You created him from sand. Sand stays down. Fire rises. Something rises is high. Dust, sand is on the ground, is low. So what's low must prostrate to what's high. Must make such that to what is high. Now this was that faulty logic and that completely baseless reasoning of shaitan but despite the fact that it was totally baseless, futile, it had no sense in it, but he put up a justification. He put up a defense. That is shaitan. And nafs is shaitan's brother in this. Maybe one step ahead of shaitan in this also. Nafs will teach us justifications. Whether the justification has any sense in it is a different issue. But, and when... Nafs is teaching a justification, then it weighs on to make sense. It will be nonsense. But the person will just get appeased that I got some basis. So nafs will keep teaching some justification. And the least justification nafs will teach is, but uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Or so and so is doing it. Or that person was also there. So that's now the justification. But we know in our heart of hearts this is wrong. Some people listen to some nasheeds, some songs, and in the heart of heart they know this is not right. They say, no, but this one here doesn't have musical instruments on it, in it. But the person has sung so many with music, so is this person somebody that has deen in him? Is he promoting deen? And people just because now there's a melodious voice, and the other part of this melodious voice is, that the nafs becomes wrapped up in this. And the nafs becomes corrupted in this. And now because it's the words are Islamic, but that girl is listening to it, and she's taking nafsani pleasure out of it. This is a bottom line and this is a reality of the number of correspondences that come in this regard. Where when people are honest about themselves, and they are making muhasaba, then they will admit also that there is nafsani, there is haram pleasure that is being taken out of listening to that male singing some nasheed, though there is no musical instrument involved in it. Allah forbid, there is some take haram pleasure out of listening to some qari reciting Quran Sharif also. It's a young person, and is reciting Quran Sharif, and there is nafsani pleasure coming out of that recitation of the Quran Sharif, for that person, that female to listen to that Quran Sharif recitation is haram. If she's taking nafsani pleasure out of it. 
and the focus is on the person's voice and the recitation is Quran Sharif but if that is becoming a means of somebody taking haram pleasure out of it to listen to that recitation of Quran Sharif for that person is haram let us listen and understand this correctly recitation of Quran Sharif is a great sawab and great ibadat and listening to Quran Sharif is a great ibadat but if a person some female is listening to some male's recitation of the Quran Sharif and she is taking the wrong thing out of it some nafsani pleasure out of it that even to listen to that person reciting Quran Sharif for the one who is taking some haram pleasure out of it this is haram so where would listening to some nasheed be correct for such a person no matter how good the meaning can be no matter whether there is no musical instruments or whatever the case is and if we look deep down in our hearts and if we are honest to ourselves and we are true to ourselves then we will many will admit many will admit that there is nafsaniyat intertwined in all this بَلِ الْإِنسَانُ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ بَصِيرَةِ وَلَوْ أَلْقَى مَعَاذِيرَةِ Allah Ta'ala says that this insan he knows his nafs very well despite the excuses he makes he'll make excuses the justification will come I'm not involved in this and many a times those who say I'm not involved are the ones who are deepest involved many a times this is the case so this nafs will always keep putting up justifications now this, this is a nasheed a good nasheed or this person is, this one here, there is not, nothing wrong in it. And these nasheeds, unfortunately, so-called nasheed artists. Now they become nasheed artists. So now where is this artistic thing? There is all the pop culture. All the pop culture is now, has been borrowed into deen. So the style of the pop culture, the mannerisms of the pop culture the way about going about things in the pop culture, the thing is only the wording is Islamic. But everything else is another culture. And in the process, it's that culture that is getting promoted. And there's no dini benefit. Nobody is taking dini benefit out of the correct words coming in a pop culture. Rather, it is inciting other kind of feelings in many people. So this, these are all things to shun away from. And all this is as a result of the lack of us looking within ourselves. This muhasaba we are talking about. We branched off from this muhasaba. When a person will make muhasaba, that I want to listen to this nasheed, let me look deep down in my heart. Is there really a dini fervor? I really want to get inspired and get closer to Allah Ta'ala. That is why I am listening to this nasheed. Does, how many people do that? That they want to get closer to Allah. They want to get inspired to now be performing the salah more well. To be inspired in taqwa. That now I will keep my gaze very, very guarded. I'm going to, I want to give up this haram chatting on the phone. So therefore I'm listening to this nasheed, to this nazam, to this naat sharif. This is my objective. I want to get inspired with the love of Rasulullah so that I will start practicing more on the sunnah. I will bring more haya in my life. I will stop wearing the clothing that is inappropriate, that is not conducive to haya. 
all the kinds of tighter clothing I will abandon. I, that's why I'm listening to this Naat Sharif and this Nazam, because I want to get inspired with the love of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and I want to get inspired to that degree where I then shun all these things that are not in accordance to the way of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, which the Azwaj Mutahharat and the daughters of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would never be happy about. So I don't want to do anything that they are not happy about. So I want to get inspired for this. So this is my purpose right now to be sitting and listening to this Naat Sharif. How many do that? Or has it become just another form of entertainment? It's a melodious voice. It sounds nice. So, well, I'm not listening to music, so I'm listening to this. Not in any way is this being said that listening to this is equal to listening to music. Music is totally haram. But this, if it is being heard just for entertainment purposes, then it's futile. And it can be even sinful. And if there's nafsani pleasure coming out of it, not that the person who is reciting the Quran Sharif has got any wrong intent. He's reciting Quran Sharif, mashallah. He is pouring his heart out in his recitation. But if some girl is listening and taking nafsani pleasure out of it, she's committing haram. She is getting sin at that moment. And if she's listening to some nasheed artist, and how many people make any right intention, even have the remotest idea of a right intention in listening to some so-called nasheed, nasheed artist? Might be one in a hundred thousand. So these are things, where is it taking us? So these are all excuses, the justification. Just hollow justification that well there's no musical instruments in this and there's no musical instruments in that and here there's only the duff playing so now there are some people have given some kind of fatwa that uh, this is fine so it's all just excuses and justification that is being whispered by nafs and shaitan and where does this come from when there isn't this muhasaba that I'm spending all this time on the phone am I achieving anything in deen did I get closer to Allah Ta'ala did I perform a better salah after all this I'm saying now I'm reading some deeny messages did I perform a better salah did I start making more zikr? Or I start making any zikr for that matter? As a result of this? Did I improve my akhlaq in any way? How much? So has this really benefited me? Or is it just whiling away my time in things that are harming me? This nasheed I want to listen to, I am listening to every day and I am glued onto these things. Has it brought any improvement in my deen? Has it made me a better person? Has it improved my akhlaq in any way? Or am I just it's getting entertained by it? And Allah forbid, am I taking some nafsani pleasure out of it? Now this muhasaba. If this muhasaba is there, this taking an account of oneself, and we're doing it honestly, within ourselves. We're not talking to anybody. We're talking to ourselves. And there's this sincerity in it. And there's this honesty in it. We're doing it for Allah Ta'ala's sake. Allah Ta'ala is my creator, is my sustainer. Allah Ta'ala has given me a command to, to live my life in a certain way. It's a very short life. And Allah knows best how long we got to live. How many young people are gone. How many young people were in the prime of their youth and the next thing they are gone. Do we have any guarantee that we are going to see the age of 25, the age of 20 maybe for some? age of 30 maybe for some, do we know we'll see that age or not? Many people feel, but you know, life will get so boring 
and what is there in life because we haven't understood what is life about that what is there in life for me Allah Ta'ala gave us this life dunya mazra'atul akhirah this life is the planting field for the hereafter when a person hasn't understood this then that is where all the problems set in now the person is looking of ways to make life to try and enjoy life and try to make oneself entertained in life because we haven't understood our object of life so it's not that we haven't been allowed to enjoy the luxuries and comforts that Allah Ta'ala blesses somebody with in a halal way or to take a break from the general routine of life in a way that is within the limits of shariat that is something that is within the limits of deen Islam, it's fine but the object of life must always be in front of us and in order to keep that object of life in focus one of the key elements is this muhasaba that what did I do today how did I go about it this issue cropped up what was my conduct in the issue some friend told me something some colleague in class told me something or somebody maybe even falsely accused me of something how was my reaction what was my way of going about it what kind of akhlaq did I show so now when a person will make muhasaba the teacher reprimanded me my muallima reprimanded me for something so she is my senior and she is doing something for my benefit how did I respond how did I react did I react in a positive way did I react in a way that will earn me the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala or did I react in a negative way and in a way that pleased shaitan and nafs and the justifications will be plenty the excuses from within ourselves will be plenty no shortage of that بَلِ الْإِنسَانُ عَلَى نَفْسِهِ بَصِيرَةً وَلَوْ أَلْقَى مَعَاذِيرَةً مَعَاذِيرَةً not ma'adhira not singular plural Allah Ta'ala says he'll have plenty of excuses plenty no shortage but he knows himself after those excuses also he knows himself very well so the issue is to make this constant muhasaba and check within ourselves keep delving deep down within our souls and with a fine comb and with a magnifying glass look at one one thing today our clothing tomorrow our conduct our aspect of haya our adab how much of adab is there in my life fine look at with a fine comb and, and with a magnifying glass look at with a, with a microscope look at our salah what kind of salah am I performing is it the last minute dash and dive salah waiting for the time to now about to now expire and then in the hadith sharif as it's mentioned that the person when the sun is about to set then like a uh, rooster pecking on some seeds was quickly quickly like a hen pecking on seeds and just that sajda is now all haphazard the person is performing that salah from beginning to end yura'un kusala in a lazy manner so this is now when will this now really hurt us and spur us to now improve that salah when there is this muhasaba we bring our own salah in our own time sitting in solitude and analyzing the salah thinking but why do I perform my salah in such a way such a fundamental 
mental aspect of deen. Five times a day it's farz on me. First thing I will be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah is Salah. What kind of Salah am I performing? Am I making an effort to improve it? Have I done anything in the past whole month to try and improve my Salah one bit? To bring more life into my Salah? Have I improved my Haya one bit? Have I moved one inch away from, from immorality? Or from that level of Haya that I am presently on, have I improved one step ahead? Have I moved one step further? Something in some aspect of my life, have I decided, okay, this now is going to be closer to the Haya that Nabi Islam taught. So I'm going to make this one little bit better improve in my life. Uh, I'm going to make this one more improvement in terms of my adab. But all this again will comes back down to the same point. If we spend the time, like we spend time thinking of futile things, people actually sit down to start imagining things that will never happen. They just build castles in the air. That if I had this, and if I had that, then I would have done this, and I will do that. And castles in the air. Shaitan wastes a person's time with this also. In that time, if we made dua once for the whole ummah, we made dua once for the, all the Muslims living and those who passed away. Allahumma ghfir lil-mu'mineen wal-mu'minat wal-muslimin wal-muslimat al-ahya'i minhum wal-amwat What will be the end result of that one dua we made? We will get the reward of every Muslim. One, one reward for one Muslim. Every Muslim that lived and that is living and if we add wal-ka'inina minhum and ya Allah, those Muslims that will come, forgive them also. That till the day of Qiyamah, every Muslim. Now each one, one is getting rewarded one time. They say at the moment there is one billion Muslims in the world. How many have already passed on? How many will still come? And what is simple dua? Ya Allah, forgive all the Muslims, past, present and future. Subhanallah. Now that, instead of building castles in the air, and you know, if I had so much of money, then I would have built this castle and it would have had this river flowing on the side and there would have been even one waterfall and uh, you know there would have been this trees on the side which giving a lot of shade and that lawn you never saw it in this world the thing is you never you'll never see this in the world too this whole castle and with that river flowing and the trees and that lawn you never saw that lawn in this world you won't see it too so don't worry about it worry about what is there with us whether we live the next moment, we don't know. We're building this castle in the air. And some people build dungeons in the air. Some people build castles in the air. Some people build dungeons in the air. They picture the most horrible things that, what will happen if this happens? And you know, that person, I don't know if I'm going to see that person, maybe she's going to say this to me and say that to me. And, uh, oh, if, you know, I go home now, I don't know what's going to happen. And, and for the, that is one is for now, for the near future, and then people are worrying about the distant future, and I, you know, I just got a feeling that this is going to go horribly wrong. Now, all these are dungeons in the air. We just start tormenting ourselves with dungeons in the air. Those things might never happen, and we're already worrying about it. And as a, some person gets so worried about it, they get sick as a result. And these are just things in the air. There's no reality to it. And Allah forbid, Allah forbid, Allah forbid, if something does go wrong in the future, then we just paid a double price. One is that it's something that's going to happen one year later, ten years later. We brood, worrying about it from now, we spoil this ten years between now and then also. 
And it's only going to happen 10 years later. So enjoy the 10 years now. If supposing some calamity, Allah forbid, is going to come 10 years time. So it'll come 10 years time. Why totally torment yourself for the 10 years between now and then? Nothing happened now. So why worry about it now? So be positive. Be positive and inshallah nothing will go wrong. And turn to Allah Ta'ala. Beg His help. He will make everything come right. So either we waste our time building castles in the air or we waste our time building dungeons in the air. We rather spend some time making muhasaba daily and begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness for the mistakes we made, begging His help to improve on the weaknesses and making shukar for any good that we, in the course of the muhasaba, we see some good coming out of it. We make shukar on that, Ya Allah, this is your grace, your fazal. But this muhasaba will take us a long way forward. And it will highlight our weaknesses, we will be able to improve on it. It will highlight that nafs and shaitan's treachery, the traps of nafs and shaitan. Now somebody decided, I'm going to go to listen to this nasheed here, and I'm going to buy that CD there. And now if you make muhasaba, it will show us a different picture. It will stop us from doing things that are harmful for us, that are going to harm our iman, that are going to harm our haya, harm our adab, harm our culture of sunnat. It's going to bring a foreign culture in us. But if we make muhasaba sincerely and honestly, keeping in mind that Allah Ta'ala is watching, Allah Ta'ala is aware what kind of muhasaba I'm making. And am I just bluffing myself? Am I being honest to myself? And when we will be honest to ourselves and sincerely for Allah Ta'ala's sake, we will make a habit of this muhasaba in all things of life. Then we'll find door is opening for us. Because this muhasaba is also a mujahada. This muhasaba is also a mujahada. And walladina jahadu fina lanahdiyannahum subulana. Those who will strive and make this mujahada for Allah Ta'ala's sake, Allah Ta'ala will open up doorways of hidayat for them, pathways of hidayat for them. So therefore we should try and make this a habit, try and make this a part of our daily practice, at least, if we can daily, uh, or otherwise at least once a week. That's a bare minimum. Better is daily or every second day, but this muhasaba should be a regular feature of our lives. And inshallah our muallimas also will keep reminding us from time to time about this muhasaba. We discussed this topic previously also in different ways, but this is a very important thing that we should be doing regularly. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. Allah ta'ala keep us steadfast on deen. Allah ta'ala save us from getting misled and waylaid by all the new things that keep coming up that are not in accordance with the Quran and Sunnah and according to the pleasure of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. May Allah ta'ala safeguard us and protect us. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم 
ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء بالصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين